to another episode of K-Drama Kraken, your home away from home for the K-Drama Addicted. As usual, I'm your host, Chris, and I'm thrilled to be back talking to you about K-Dramas. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy in these turbulent times, and I thank you so much for spending a little bit of your precious time with me. I have a treat for you in the next few episodes. Uh, Kraken has had its first guest. My amazing best friend recorded not once but twice with me as we reviewed the latest BTS album, Map of the Soul 7. Look forward to the first part of that review in this episode, and for those who want to go straight to that or may have no problem breaking my heart and want to skip it all together, just kidding, you can skip it, I will include a timestamp for that segment in the episode notes. I've also decided on my first ever K-drama with 25 episodes. Please send alms. Uh, I have a new series that I love and has inspired me to recommend a few old ones and some new Soji sub advice that will knock your socks off or rather encourage you to keep them on because it's still cold out there for a lot of us. Uh, when is spring going to come after all? Anyway, so let's get started with some K-pop and K-pop. The powerhouse rapper DPR Live released a new album titled Is Anybody Out There on March the 3rd. The music video for the track is named Legacy and is always created by the DPR crew. Shows us live as an astronaut and a ship about to collide. The album is Inferno Level Fire. I adore the DPR crew and anyone who likes hip hop should definitely check this out. NCT 127 have a comeback with an album named Neo Zone. They've dropped their title track Kick It along with a music video that attempted to attack my soul with some super slick visuals, shiny biker gear, and martial arts moves. The single is a serious banger and I've already got it in my monthly playlist. Next, ITZY is back with a highly anticipated album called It's Me and a single named Wannabe. It's a great girl power anthem about being yourself and doing your own thing. The whole album is full of dance bops, so if that's your jam, check it out. Victon is back with an album named Continuous, and the girl group Favorite is back with a single named Lie. It's got a great Latin dance vibe, perfect for the promise of warmer weather. A new boy group named Two, T-O-O, interesting, made their debut on March the 18th when an album called Reason for Being. The rookies were picked from the survival variety show World Class and will make their full debut on April the 1st. And last but never ever least, Kang Daniel, formerly from 101 fame and Shuho from EXO, will both be releasing solo projects this month. Daniel's mini album named Scion, I think, will drop on the 24th with a comeback show to air on Mnet, and Suho's album named Self Portrait will follow on the 30th. K Dramas. The web drama Lover of the Palace premiered on March the 14th and stars Han Bo-rum and Shin Wonho as two childhood friends who meet again as a tour guide and a performer at a famous palace. Find Me in Your Memory, airing on NBC March the 18th, is a romance starring Kim Dong-wook and Moon Gae-yong about two people who have memories who work in opposing ways. One is a news anchor who remembers everything and the other is an actress who has forgotten most of her important moments. 365 Repeat the Year also airs this month on NBC on March the 23rd and stars Lee Jong-hook and Nam Ji-yeon as people who decide, along with eight other people, to decide to reset their lives and travel one year back in time. They're quickly entangled in dangerous occurrences due to their choices. There are three TVN dramas that look great this month. Premiered on March the 11th, The Memorist stars Yoo Sung-ho and Lee Si-young. 
Sung Ho plays a psychic detective who works with a genius profiler to find a mysterious cultish serial killer. The highly anticipated hospital playlist starring Jo Jung Suk, Kim Dae Myung, and Jung Kyung Ho started on March the 12th. The unique medical drama follows the lives of five friends who met in a medical school 20 years ago. And on March the 23rd, A Piece of Your Mind starring Jung Hae-in and Chae Soo-bin focuses on an unrequited love story between a love-struck AI programmer and a classical music recording engineer. Nobody Knows started on SBS on March the 2nd and is a crime thriller starring Kim Soo-young and Ru Duk-won as a detective and teacher respectively who work together to find a serial killer. The drama I've been looking forward to the most, Kingdom, Season 2, premiered on the 13th on Netflix. Starring Ju Ji-hoon and Bae Doona, the historical thriller picks up where the drama left off as the crown prince fights a zombie outbreak while maneuvering a political coup. On KBS 2, two dramas will air this month. Welcome, a fantasy rom-com starring Kim Moon-soon and Shin Yu-in, beginning on March the 25th, is about an adorable cat who can turn into a human and the puppy-like woman who takes care of him. Yeah, you heard all that correctly. I've also seen this show listed as Meow the Secret Boy, which I'm I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm not going to touch that because that's pretty funny. Then on the 28th, the long-form family drama once again begins on KBS2. It stars veteran actor Chun Ho-jin, Cha Ha-won, and Lee Min-jung. Unique Chef Moon stars on March the 27th on Channel A. A rom-com starring Eric Moon and Go Wang-hee, Moon plays a famous chef who moves to a small village to start over after a family tragedy and meets an amnesiac family designer who is turned into the troublemaker ruining the chef's tranquil life. The World of the Married airs on JTBC on March the 27th and stars Kim Hye and Park Hae-joon as a couple who betrays each other and ruin their seemingly perfect life. On OCN, the sci-fi thriller Rugal begins on the 28th. Starring Choi Jin-hook and Park Sung-woon, the drama follows an elite detective who is framed for the murder of his family by a criminal organization who also gouges his eyes out. Pretty wild, right? Well, add in two biotech artificial eyes and a team of special agents set on reseeking revenge, and you've got a pretty interesting original series. And finally, Somehow Family is a comedy variety series that starts on TV Chonsoon on March the 29th, starring Sung Dong Il and Jin Hee Kung. As a married couple with a boarding house near the airport, they host a large guest of airport co-workers. Man, that Sung Dong Il is a busy man, isn't he? Just always in dramas. I'm going to be mentioning him a lot this episode, so be prepared for that. As for upcoming dramas, based off of a popular webtoon, KBS2 will air How to Buy a Friend on April the 6th. Lee Shi Young and Shin Sung Ho will play two high school students who have very little in common, but somehow sign a contract to be friends. So quickly and not quickly enough, TVN's formerly titled Most Beautiful Moment in Life has been renamed When My Love Blooms and will premiere on April the 11th. The romantic melodrama will star Yu Ji Tae and Lee Bo Young as two former lovers who meet again in their 40s. The drama will focus on the reversal of their fortunes and how they fell for each other as opposites in university. The younger selves will be portrayed by Jeon Son Hee and Park Jin Young, who I'm not going to lie is probably the only reason why I'm going to watch this series. I'm so excited to see where the show leads, and from the teaser, I'm sure I'll be drawn into the bittersweet nature of their old romance. Born Again to air on KBS2 and starring Jae Ki Young, Jin Si Young, and Lee Soo Hyuk is a mystery drama about three people who first met in the 1980s and were reincarnated in the present as different people, but whose fates remain connected. It is set to premiere in April. 
One of the most highly anticipated dramas of April by far is the SBS fantasy romance drama called The King Eternal Monarch, starring Lee Min-ho and Kim Go-un, taking place in two dimensions, one where Korea is a monarchy and the other where Korea is a democracy. A portal opens up between the two and the emperor of one world must team up with the detective of another to close the breach. The fifth Korean original Netflix series named Extracurricular will begin streaming on April the 29th and stars Kim Dong-hee, who you might know from his current role in Itaewon Class, as an impeccable high school student who, along with a group of other students, are tempted by money to begin committing crimes. So, what you watching? When the weather is nice. This show, y'all. Oh, this show is like sitting wrapped up in a fleece blanket with a mug of hot chocolate warming your hands and a heater on the floor warming your feet. That's not to say that it's happy all the time. It really isn't. But really, what drama would ever remain interesting if the characters never felt pain or sadness? But it handles those moments of high tension with maturity and perspective. It's just it's just stellar. I'm doing a per episode review of this show right now. So if you want to know more about the show and my feelings, check them out. Yep, I'm doing a side note in a main episode because I'm talking about Se Kong Joon or rather one of his shows. And I'm going to announce finally, I think, that the first long form 25 episode show that I will be attempting to watch all the way through will be 2014's What Happens to My Family. Yay! Or 2017's My Father is Strange. Because I'm a picky and indecisive person, which is why my lazy ass hasn't been able to commit to a show longer than 25 episodes before. Anywho, what happens to my family is 50 episodes and My Father is Strange comes in at 52 episodes. And as usual, each episode is about an hour each. Ugh, just saying that makes me want to hyperventilate into a paper bag. Pray for me, fam. I will be updating in the next episode, so look forward to that. Okay, back to what I'm watching. Itaewon Class. I'm coming back to liking the series. I know it's been a huge gargantuan hit, and I'll admit that I didn't really see why until the middle episodes, but the acting has remained amazing because the cast has some powerhouses, but I'm still side-eyeing some characters and likely always will. Eh, you win some, you lose some. The Memorist. Unfortunately, this show gets my first thumbs down of the podcast. I slogged my way through the first two episodes of this show and just couldn't do any more. Firstly, to be completely transparent, there are very few police K-dramas that I can get through, which I think is a damn shame because I love watching US and UK crime procedurals. But often the police brutality and ham-fisted treatment of criminal scientists and psychologists in K-dramas are off-putting to the point where I give up. The memorist has a protagonist who has been disciplined for excessive force so many times that he's facing legal action. And while I understand that's because of the lead's bratty nature, this aspect is supposed to be funny, and the humor in the situation has just simply passed me by. Secondly, the memorist takes what could have been an excellent new twist on the psychic cop or exotic cop trope and makes it way too complicated. The fact that our lead is a scientifically documented psychic and everyone knows it is a turn from what most shows featuring supernatural characters attempt. And yet we're told in the first episode that not only does this cop make things hard on himself by going to make arrests seemingly so he can beat people up, but he's also dealing with numerous civil liberties groups who question the morality of his crime-solving methods. It's all plausible, but it's just too much, especially for such an immature lead character. Which leads me to my final reason for giving the mentalist a very hard pass. Our lead is a brat which normally I wouldn't mind, but with everything this character would have to go through as a singular psychic in the world that we know of, makes absolutely no sense. By the second episode, I honestly started to wonder if he was brain damaged. 
because he would show very short moments of brilliance, followed by loud outbursts, more attributed to crotchety old cops who have been on the force for 20 years and have a problem with the skirts, quote unquote, taking over the precinct. He's not interesting, and if his interactions with the female leader are supposed to mature him, he has a very, very long way to go. And I've got other things to do. Yeah, that's a lot to say about a drama I didn't like, but just wait, I have a lot to say about the next one. Hospital Playlist. This drama gets a thumbs all the way up, like multiple thumbs. Like I said earlier, it airs on TVN and is being simulcast on Netflix so that you can watch the episodes as they air with subtitles. If you're familiar with the most popular dramas of the past four years, you'll know most of the cast, including Jo Jun Suk from the first K-drama I ever watched, King Two Hearts, Oh My Ghost, and Jealousy Incarnate, Yoo Yun Suk from Dr. Romantic and Mr. Sunshine, Jung Kong Ho from One More Happy Ending and the Korean adaptation of Life on Mars, and Kim Dae Myung from Mi Sang and the webtoon turned K-drama comedy The Sound of Your Heart. Drama newcomer Jeon Mi Do rounds out the cast and from her impressive showing these first few episodes, I'm expecting her already shining star to become absolutely nuclear in short order. The show is a slice of life medical drama with very comedic elements and the possibility of romance always lurking to keep us on our toes. A group of five doctors meet in medical school and even though each of their specialities are different, they've managed to keep in touch despite hospital changes and rigorous schedules. I really don't want to spoil too much for you and I'm still debating doing an episodic review of the show, so I'll just suggest that you watch it one more time and leave it at that especially since I'm going to continue to gush about it in some aspect when I recommend the Reply series in the upcoming segment. So like I've said, I love the two episodes I've watched of Hospital Playlist so much that I actually changed the topic of what I wanted to talk about this episode, and honestly, I like this better. Lee Woo-jung is the writer of Hospital Playlist, and if the name sounds familiar, it might be because she also wrote each of the Reply series. The shows are also called the Answer Me series, but I like Reply more. Reply 1997 was released in 2012, Reply 1994 was released in 2013, and my favorite, Reply 1988, was released in 2015. She also wrote Prison Playbook, which I've yet to watch, but it's high up on my ever-growing list. All of them aired on the TVN network. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Reply series, they're a wonderful trio of slice-of-life family dramas that, in my opinion, perfectly mix comedy, romance, and melodrama with a hint of fun mystery. In all of these dramas, there are a group of very good friends, usually a bunch of guys with one or two girls, but one girl as a lead who has most of the story in her perspective. And the plotline tease or mystery throughout is who our lead ends up with in the future. Unlike in Hospital Playlist, most of the reply stories take place in the past and do an excellent job for newbies to Korean life about telling us a little bit about notable events that affected Korean history. For instance, in Reply 1988, our lead walks from the Olympic Summer Games of that year. Reply 1994 showed the devastating effect of the Sampum department store collapse in 1995, which until September 11th was the deadliest modern building collapse. It also touched on the influence of the IMF crisis, which for those of us who didn't know, gripped most of East Asia and Southeast Asia, bankrupting many small businesses and putting millions out of work. There are also droves of K-pop references in Reply 1997, mostly because of the significance and origin of the K-Wave at that time, but also because many of the show's cast members were K-pop idols. Most notably, Yu Ji-won from the first-gen boy group Seskis, who te whose teenage character falls for a die-hard fan of Seskis when they debuted in 1997. But I don't just love the Reply series because of its main cast, but also because of the talented veteran cast they have surrounding them, many of whom return as different characters, or in a few cases the same character but older in each series. 
the super famous Song Dong-il plays the hilarious and volcanic Song Dong-il, father to all three of our female leads, who are all apparently very distantly related. A future Song Dong-il actually meets one of the other Dong-ils in Reply 1997. And the mother of all of our female leads, who also has the same name but are all three different people, is the superstar actress Lee Yiwa. They bring not only a sense of continuity to each season, but a freshness to the roles as the heads of household. Very notable cast members who return for another series are Kim Sung-kun from the Scarlet Heart fame and Go Ara, who you might know from Heichi in Black. Their comedic flair always makes each series a hit. Oh, and speaking of comedic flair, how can I forget the one thing that always made me laugh in this series? Yeah, expect that sound during punchlines. I'd never heard it before and have only heard it occasionally in variety shows since, but it's really grown on me, like a goatee. Because, you know, goats have a... Anyway, there are more than a few holdovers from the Reply series who are leads or are in the rumor mill to appear in the hospital playlist. Yu Yon Suk, who is a lead, was also a lead in Reply 1994 along with Goara, who will make a cameo somewhere in this series. And in the first episode alone, we see Song Dong Il and Kim Song Kyun as brothers who work for a higher being. Finally, I'm rewatching this series and excited by the hospital playlist, not just because of its cast and writer, although those are great reasons to watch anything, but I'm recommending this series because of the sense of warmth and community that I get from each one of these shows. With many of us possibly self-quarantined or even on lockdown in our homes or elsewhere, the people we're with or choose to interact with in person or online, probably become like family to us. In some cases, those people may actually be family, but I'm sure a lot of people out there may be seeking out or assembling their own friends groups, apart from our family relationships. The Reply series, or what I've seen of Hospital Playlist, is a wonderful reflection of friends and family who quarrel and laugh and love, but stay in touch through the ups and downs of life. Maybe some of us are feeling lonely or anxious or scared right now, and I think a show like one of these can give us a much-needed wholesome distraction and maybe even remind us that there's always someone out there who cares about us and wants to know if we're okay. Someone who considers us their friend even if we can't see them or talk to them. So, if you're looking for a laugh or even a bit of a cry, but most definitely if you're looking for some friendship, check out the Reply series and know that I'm watching alongside you. And no, that wasn't intended to be as creepy as it sounded. As promised, or maybe some of you saw it as a threat, I reviewed BTS's new album, A Map of the Soul 7, with K-Drama Kraken's first guest. In this first clip, we talk extensively, and when I say extensively, I mean we actually try to analyze the album's title track on and its music video. Maybe more the music video because it was a first time watch for my guest. I'm still getting used to editing interviews, so this might seem a little long, but I really liked everything we said and thought it was relevant. So please enjoy and expect more of these clips in upcoming episodes. We had a lot to say about this album because we love music and we're ARMY. This is a live reaction of the new Map of the Soul 7 video for On, the official music video. And I am here with my best friend. You want to say your name? Yeah, it's Crystal. Hey! <laughs> hey, Crystal. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This is the second time we are doing this because I am a moron who lost all her data. So <laughs> she is being a G and coming through for me the second time. And it's probably for the best because now we get to live watch, get a live reaction from her at least, of the new on video. And I'm really excited about it. So we're just going to go ahead and uh, start watching. Ready? 
on a battlefield? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Someone got shot with an arrow. Oh, no. The bird got shot. <laughs> the bird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're so wrong for laughing at this. Oh. And then JK running. Where's my boo running? Why? I love that they showed us that. This is crazy. I love this. I still don't really get the imagery behind this, though. Jin laying on the ground with the, the feathers. That was weird. I did see online about this being known with art. Mm-hmm. And the llamas. <laughs> Right. Especially since it wasn't there. Now see, I didn't get this the first time or the second time with the the, the bird moving. Cause they were attributing I've seen a couple reviews about it and they were talking about how Jin brought the bird back and I was like, What? You sure? This is best. This is crazy. Whoa. Right? JK laying there with the bird pecking. And then it's gone. What the heck? Right. You go, J-Hope. I love him. Sugar looks so deep. I wish I understood this scene, too. I was getting Handmaid's Tale, but I don't know. They're also saying, like, you know, that idea of army bringing, you know, praying and yeah, coming through they, they, for them. Right. I still see these kids as their innocence. So when are Jen, when is Jen and when is V gonna go back on television? Because I well I need Jen to just go on television in the first place. Oh wait, my part. I mean they made sure that they could stay blinked up while while captured. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here <laughs> the Jesus imagery, I just can't get past that. those tattoos it's like they just parted the red sea and now they're looking for land like dude there's water in that (laughs) 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 (sighs) 
This is the best. This looks nice. Kid. Yes, right. I, this is. I have to say, this is my favorite part. I I love the song. I love all the imagery. But just seeing the three of them dance differently and just oh, I love that scene. Yes. Sugar's getting it too. Now see that means they're destroyed, right? Or at least this world is destroyed of the dystopian whatever. And now they've they've come to a new world where everything is bloomed. Everybody was like, Lion King. I was like, y'all need to stop. I love the seven birds. And that is totally the euphoria run. It's totally. And then he's out front and you see that peak that drives me right back to euphoria seems like the end like yeah they did achieve i don't know i feel like until we see them in the modern time um because there was another review that i i, I read about this um i wish i could shout him out right now but i really don't remember uh was it briz life it might have been briz life because he was talking about how all the clothing looks like it's different time periods and that's right. not the first time we've seen that right right so I feel like until we see all of them in the modern world wearing modern clothing, this is just yet another layer of what they're going through. I still think it's a Dante's Inferno kind of reference of like whatever, you know, and again, I know this goes back to the webtoon, which I have not finished yet because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the idea of them fighting through each circle of hell or purgatory whatever you want to call it um and each of them facing their own vices it does look like in this version maybe j-hope is the outlier as well as jen because jen is always the outlier right we already know that he somehow right. affects all these worlds and he's the one trying to save ev every person right but it does look like j-hope just being so isolated in that weird dali-esque you know landscape maybe he's the one that's a shadow in all of this i don't know i'm spitballing i am completely spitballing have you read anything about I like it that idea i like that idea of them having to fight their different vices mm -hmm. i haven't read dante's inferno i know that it's on the whole bts book list but okay. i'm gonna get there one day <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that see okay now i don't feel now i don't feel like a dumb dumb mentioning it because I kept getting, no, no, like, no. different circles. This material. It's definitely in there. Same with um, Damien is in here. But mm -hmm. the thing that I'm tripping over is why do we have so many Christianity references? I don't get that. Well, I kind of felt like they were just, like, in general spiritual references. Um, I, this was the most, like, iconically kind of Christian thing that I've seen out of them so far. Especially yes, with the same. thorns around the wrists the baptism in the, the water, uh, the fire, literally the fire. Um, right. 
and then of course the pride rock and that idea of you know holy spaces have always been rocks and hills and stuff right so yeah, that's what they show us, yeah. it is interesting but i feel like they were maybe trying to mix their iconography a little bit and not be so stuck in in christianity but i think that's this might have been the most obvious video because of the christian iconography does that make sense because yeah, you know, and if they're using Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of based on Christianity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to connect that with some very obvious imagery. Yeah. And if this isn't the end, maybe that dream um, font at the end really does mean that they're not in real time; that they're in a different space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I could see that. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to deal with, in my mind, that that idea that um, a lot of theories out there of that idea of them all being in different times and spaces, it's, it's so weird to me. <laughs> and the idea that we might not be watching a video that's, like, linear, because supposedly right. all of these are not in a linear way. So, like, even sections of what we might be watching might be out of time, which is weird when we see all of them together, right? that idea of the, the the people that we see, the individual JK, the individual J-Hope, might not be the same person that we, you know, in linear time space that we see in previous videos. Right. And I guess that's what's confusing to me is they are all together on that Pride Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it seems like they all know they're together. They're all going in the same direction. Right. But are they really all together in that moment? Right. We don't know. And I mean, maybe, especially with the, the dream idea, are they all together specifically because they're going towards that, like, euphoria moment? You know what I mean? Where they all jump off or whatever? Like, what does that mean? Ugh. Um, I did take some notes. Because <laughs> I told you I was completely obsessed with this video when it came out on Friday. Um, <laughs> that the dove or pigeon or whatever people are calling that bird, it does look like it's the same bird. Uh, or at least, you know, in the pigeon dove family <laughs> of the fake it's love music video. I don't know. Is it a dove? Because I feel like it would fit if it was a dove. Because it's a piece. It, it, they're talking about peace all the time, right? So it would make exactly. sense to me that it would, if, if it was a dove. That, That's the same dove that they let go on Noah's Ark so that they could find land and came back with a... Girl, you so smart. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought about that. My brain just exploded. Just exploded. Especially if it's the same dove and it's Jen's dove, right? And Jen clearly is kind of the the curator, the, the person who takes care of these these doves, right? He's brought it back to life at this point. If he is the one who literally signifies the dove, if he is the dove, okay? And he has gone out to find land and find safe space for them. Ah, ah. Yes, perfect. He brings them home every time. He's the, because especially during the Euphoria video when it first came out, I thought it was saying that JK was kind of the, kind of the angel of peace. You know what I mean? Like he was the one who was going to save all the boys. But then I was told I was wrong. So, (laughs) so that idea of Jen being the one, oh my God. Okay. Um, JK is running from the wall. 
that looks like the same wall from where we saw those hooded figures at the end of the fake love music video, right? Right. And we saw them get smashed in that in that world. So that right. idea, I think that carries through that idea of leaving another circle, right? He has physically left a prison and he's still oh. he's still carrying the thorns and, and the shadows of that prison with him into the new circle, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then with the fire in, the, in that one scene where, right. I, I guess after they battled, they destroyed another circle mm-hmm. or left another circle. Yeah, I could see that. Right? Each time they have to destroy their shadows. It goes back to the, because we're, we're going to hear, um, we're going to hear Sugar's song and he's constantly talking about shadows coming back and coming back and never leaves right. you. It just keeps coming back. Mm, okay. And then, um, Jimin, and I've, I've read another review that tells me I was completely wrong about this because I do not know how to look at metaphors in a large way, but I've tried. Okay. Um, Jimin is, is standing where lots of fallen soldiers have clearly been because of the, the buildup of the, um, snare drums. Right. And, but he and the boy who I think is his innocence. I think these children are their innocence. I'm not certain, but I think these children are iconic of their innocence or maybe of army. Maybe. I don't know. I was thinking maybe more of army or of people that also need someone to follow someone. Mm. Because they're idols in a sense, right? Yeah, it's true. If they're also going through their respective struggles, Mm -hmm. maybe they're being a good, um, what do you call it, a good role model to those that also need it. So in this case, imagery is of young people that look up to them Mm -hmm. and they're trying to do their best. That's the way I had originally interpreted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like he and he and the boy are the last of kind of the um the drum keepers i read another review on tumblr shout out to um, mimi's ghost um she was talking about the heartbeat and jimin has always been seen as as the heart of the group right and so i can totally see him being the one who would keep the time keep the heartbeat of the group um let's see and then RM is clearly Noah. Can't get any more obvious with that. That's why I was saying this is definitely the most obvious video. They were talking, he's with the animals. It's interesting that we only saw one of each. Maybe I'm wrong and I didn't count them enough, but it didn't look like each animal was paired up. It looked like each animal was one llama, one giraffe, one, you know what I mean? He was getting them together first. Right. (laughs) His job isn't done. He's just started, all right? He got he got rehab that boat because it look it looking busted. <laughs> well, maybe that was the point. Maybe the point was this wasn't the beginning of mm. his travel. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was after. Nice. But I mean, that's still that's still confusing the hell out of me because we were both raised in the church. Yes. <laughs> there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a sequence to this. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look. Say for okay, so I'm confused when the when that door opened up into new land mm-hmm. that was almost like spreading the Red Sea and going into the promised land. Yes. And I don't understand why you would take a boat to 
uh, already <laughs> like well already i mean that goes into the idea of the time the time shift right so maybe this is after the flood it could be after the idea of the flood um at least wherever yeah. rm is that's true yeah if if we're talking different timelines but we're just seeing it all at the same time mm-hmm. it could be different points yeah in their journey it could be right um i was wondering about that that valley that j-hope is in and those trees clearly mean something but i haven't i haven't looked it up i don't know um but i mean they're they're desiccated trees that don't have any leaves or you know they're clearly dead but the valley is giving me like a run throwback idea i don't know i don't uh maybe that's reaching because i feel like they're always trying to throw something in from old videos and just the yeah. idea of them being in a valley, or at least him being alone in a valley, um, that's interesting to me. Sugar in the Hall of Children, I think that might just straight up be the idea of ARMY, you know, we are their church. <laughs> we are their, you know, we are what brings them up and literally supports them. And the people, the people make the church. We know that. Growing up in church, we know. People make the church. You, you can right. have somebody sitting there preaching all day, but if you ain't preaching to nobody, don't matter, right? That's true. Um, let's but see. see. That kind of threw me off, too, because um, the the colors, the mm-hmm. way that he was preaching in the aisles, right. the way that the kids were kind of solemn with candles, it seemed more occultist to me, or like more cult-like to me mm. than like a regular church sermon. I'm, I'm sure there are probably some K-pop people out there who would say that we are a cult. Oh, <laughs> joking. I am joking. Please do not come for me. I will not respond. Um, but I can, I can totally see, you know, whatever imagery you want to, whatever connotation you want to take away from that. Uh, yeah, I can totally see <laughs> the cult idea in there. The girls blindfold... We're gonna we're gonna take that as it is, right? That idea of opening no, up. No, so wait. I saw online that it's supposed to be Bird Box. I don't know these people. <laughs> you know, everyone's trying to do their own theories, but I did see right. it was just a random meme. They were like, "This is Bird Box," and I was like, "But they're not what? Like, <laughs> there's no time. <laughs> there's no time. I'm not making fun of the meme. But no, there's just no time in this." this video where it seems they're trying to escape something without seeing it right so maybe it's more like removing the veil instead yes like opening our minds before yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know about burbox because i think i know what you're talking about too but it's not it's, yeah, it, i look i love it i love all the the throwbacks to the movies and the lion king and all that stuff but we can't be quite so literal <laughs> yeah uh let's see um, the thorns are gone. The conch shell, um, anything I've read about conch shells, which I'm surprised, like, there's so much stuff about it, but because it's so, it's used in so many cultures, it's, there's nothing definitive about the conch shell and its meaning. Um, essentially it's a good thing and it, it it's a heralding, right? Um, some cultures right. believe that it, it get, brings you money. Some people believe, or riches in general, some people use it for celebrations of events so it's i haven't seen anything negative about the conch shell so the fact that jk is the one who blows it um clearly you know that's saying that he's hearkening he's heralding 
<laughs> again with the religious iconography right he's heralding a new day and and clearly him blowing it opened up the 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 portal to the new world so it's it's not a bad thing and the fact that jk is the one who does it again he is a leader he clearly they're trying to show that he is a leader and again right. going back to youth the fact that he's the youngest right he's the youth is always going to be the one leading us to the future even if rm is noah and he's keeping the flock together jk is always going to be the one who's running up pride rock why are we calling it pride rock now okay whatever because it looks like pride rock <laughs> he's gonna be the simba he's always gonna be the simba ready to jump off the cliff right after after everything i absolutely love that smile that jk has by the way oh my god JK was just amazing in this. I want all of them in a show or something so I can watch the hell out of it and review it and then probably make a whole other show about <laughs> their show. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. man. They could have their own separate K-dramas. Yes. They could all be the same K-drama, just different characters. Like, we'll take it all. Exactly. We'll take it all. I mean, heck, um, who was it? XO totally got their own show and it was really corny it was cute but it was really corny members of exo not all of them but i think I, they could totally do it and then got seven got their own show again it was horribly corny and it <laughs> kind of hurts me to watch it but you know it happens so if big hit were to put their money behind this it could happen you know, it would be a cinematic experience though because the way that they're trying to show that we are a major force in, in in Korean entertainment, yes. that we got gobs of money, mm -hmm. we could do this shit. And I really just want to know who is on their payroll because the amount of material that they're gathering together and putting into these huge universes yes. is incredible. It is amazing. <laughs> Even with TXT's video, uh, yes. gosh, just the amount right of the graphics, effects. the effects right are amazing. That with text. That mm -hmm. is insane. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh, well, that's that's pretty much all I got uh, about the video. I love it. This is probably my favorite um, video from them so far, other than Euphoria, because I freaking love Euphoria, and I love that song with all my heart. Um, I love Serendipity, too, but we don't see all the guys in Serendipity, even though Jimin is enough for me all the time. But, you know, I, I freaking love this video and what it's trying to say and just the imagery of it. Yeah, I... I'm not too sure if I like this. Um, usually when I am overloaded with information that I don't understand, mm -hmm. it takes me a while to come around. So that might be the case in this instance. I do know that the Christian references are throwing me off, like I said before, being raised in the church. It is just a little weird. I might be a bit biased. I'm, I can admit that. <laughs> so I'm not sure why we're all of a sudden throwing Christian references in now <laughs> after all of the material that they have right now. <laughs> but otherwise, the video was beautiful. Everything seemed to be executed so well. And I would love to just promote the video to people that have not seen anything from BTS to show just how impactful and just how deep they can be. Mm -hmm. They're not just a K-pop group. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you make, a, you make a really, really good point about the Christian iconography. Again, I don't know if I'm seeing what I'm seeing because we grew up in the church, but my first 
impression the first time I watched it was to kind of like recoil a little bit. Not to say that, you know, you know, our past, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But my, my first idea was like, oh, some people aren't going to be a hundred percent copacetic with this. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it connects, I think with more people to use some of the imagery that they did use. And especially with the song being as kind of analogous as it is, I think they needed some grounding, maybe. And they realized that maybe more people were going to be watching these videos than previously. So maybe that was their way of connecting in a way that uh, more people would understand and accept. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess with Christian nations, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're so global now. I mm-hmm. don't know. I know here in the States, sure. We'll be like, oh my God, he's... Arms Noah, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) so. I could see that using some things that people can recognize to, you know, gain more attention and gain more followers. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much again to my girl Crystal for fanning out with me. That was just the first track on the album. There's a lot more content to come, and I'm really looking forward to playing it for you. Last but never, ever, ever least is advice from our Soganji, the most cool. Model turned actor, turned author, turned rapper, life guru, Soji Sup. In my imaginary world where I have any sort of connection to the guru himself, he actually reached out to me, not really, without prompting him for advice this time. I know, completely shocking, and again blatantly untrue, I do not want to be sued because I am a crazy fan. His email read, Hey there, I realize in this crazy time it might seem like we're powerless, stuck in place, watching things spin out of our control but there are so many things we can do to ease our stress and boredom. I love playing with my pets, and they're always eager to get out for just a minute for some fresh air. They're the contact and affection I need sometimes when I'm feeling isolated from people. I also dive into my hobbies. I take photos and take care of my health and fitness. Watching dramas on TV is a never-ending task, and talking with my friends over the phone or over video chat helps so much. And of course, interacting with my fans on Twitter. Also, while I'm taking the time to focus on keeping myself and loved ones healthy in body and mind, I realize that I can't forget the many people out there who need help. I donate what I can. Things are tough, and they might just get tougher, but in times of crisis, we have always shown our best sides and remind each other about the bright light of hope. So stay ganji, stay cool, stay at home if you can, and try to have a little fun. Much love, Sonic. Ah, thank you so much, Guru. Is there anything more to say than that? Oh, well, one more thing. You can find me at Kraken, all one word, at Instagram and Twitter, and email me at kdramakraken at gmail.com. Please stay safe, healthy, and as always, keep it cracking.